on it is Langkow for Cole from the face. Nope, not that stuck. Rebound for Roberts. He scores! Colton Roberts off the rebound, fires it left side, and the Giants open the scoring. on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. It is going to be a busy weekend for the Vancouver Giants. A three and three Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Joining us now to preview that and to look back on last weekend, uh, the head coach of the Vancouver Giants, Manny Viveros, here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Manny. How are you? Morning, guys. I'm doing fine. Thanks. How you guys doing? Uh, we are fine as well. You know, it was funny, Manny. I was watching video of the past weekend referee appreciation night on Sunday. The video, I'll put it mildly, was jarring <laughs> to watch. What was it like coaching in a game where all of your players were dressed up as zebras? Well, you know what, guys? It, it was after a couple of shifts. It, 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 it uh, first couple of shifts took a couple. Uh, you know, minutes uh, to get used to it. After that, it was just hockey, and it, it was good. I really liked it. I thought the, I thought they looked uh, uh, outstanding, and um, you know, for 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 the Vancouver Giants to show a little bit of appreciation and respect towards the officials, where in a sport sometimes, not just our sport, but a lot of other sports also too, where the uh, you know the officials are looked upon as the bad guys all the time. It was a good way to show a little bit of respect, and uh, it was good. I thought it was a, a real nice touch. Uh, you know, not. Not only us, but everybody else uh, I talked to, too, really thought, uh, what a great idea. And it was a nice touch to, to show our respect and appreciation for a real tough job. Did you still yell at the refs that game? Well, <laughs> I had a green light to yell at my players. All, all 22 <laughs> all <that> but <laughs> No, we, we, we certainly did here. But it was, it was like I said, it's something that uh, I think it's the first time it's ever been done. And uh, certainly won't be the last because I thought it was a real success. Did the referees appreciate it? Did you talk to them at all? They did. They did. You know, I think at first they were the same as us, you know, a little bit uh, unsure of it too, but they, at the end though, they were really, you could see they were really appreciative of what, uh, you know, the Vancouver Giants were trying to do and uh, show their appreciation and respect. And it was, it was really, uh, uh, like I said, a real nice touch of class from our organization, but the referees certainly appreciate it. Is this just a, is this a, another way of like working the refs? Is this kind of a long con, con that the, the organization is pulling off here? Are you guys going to get some calls <laughs> well, in the playoffs now? Well, You're going to be like, well, remember that night we honored you? <laughs> well, put it this way. We took the first three penalties, so I didn't really help that. <laughs> like if, there was, if there was a plan, it didn't work. <laughs> uh, we are speaking to Vancouver Giants head coach Manny Viveros here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Manny, the other nice thing about Sunday's game is that you guys actually got to play some hockey. You had five games in the first 22 days to start the season, which is less than ideal. And I mentioned you guys got three and three coming up on the weekend. Uh, how does you know the schedule getting back to normal help you guys? Well, I, I tremendously. I thought I saw the progression of our group throughout the weekend. Um, you know, always have been talking about with uh, uh, us getting better week by week. But it sometimes it, it they can put a little bit of a stall in your plans when you're only playing once once a week. And uh, certainly, uh, it was good. We ended up being four and five nights here, and. Uh, 
kind of for our players, there's no question our players were exhausted by at the end of Sunday's game there, but it kind of kind of got our sea legs under, underneath us, so to speak, where we got our first 3-3 in, out of the way, and now we're kind of used to it and what it's going to take, uh, especially for our younger players. And that's the first time uh, uh, there's probably about eight or nine of our players have ever done that before, play uh, three games in three nights or two and a half days, and uh, certainly a great experience for the guys. So we know what to expect going forward here, and uh, um, I was really happy the way we progressed and developed over the weekend how do you manage your players ice time when you have that many games in three days well you you, you try to you got to use your whole bench as much as possible and uh and you're hoping for um you know fortunately not a whole lot of penalties where you got to shorten your bench uh which on sunday that that plan didn't work for us where we <laughs> took our first three of the game here but um it's something you certainly do you hope you're not going to have to shorten your bench uh, too early here and uh, we did uh you know over that weekend uh, rotate some players in and out of the lineup so every every game we played we had some fresh legs in the lineup so it certainly paid off for us on sunday uh, you know, a lot of hockey coaches are well-traveled and have moved to different places to work and do the job that they want to do. So you're in that group. Interestingly enough, though, your new gig, Vancouver, you recently coached against two of your former Western Hockey League teams <laughs> in Spokane on Sunday and then Swift Current uh, about a week and a half ago. What was that like going up against your two former teams so quickly in succession? Yeah, no, it was special. Like, they're both both. Uh organizations there I had some uh, really fortunate enough to have uh, success with both those teams obviously in Swift Current we won a championship there so that's always going to have a special place in, in, in my heart as far as uh, my career and, and the wonderful people that I had a chance to work with same thing with Spokane also too but you know once you get going at it right away like that uh, you know it's, it's not about who you're playing against it's about what we're doing and we're trying to win here so that's something that uh, you know was good for five ten minutes before the game to reminisce but after that it's uh, it was business as usual hey speaking of former teams uh you were an assistant coach at edmonton that one year where they went from the coaching todd mcclellan to ken hitchcock and you were there for uh a leon dreisaitl uh connor mcdavid season where they combined for i think like 221 points or something like that what are your memories about the difficulties i know it's a weird question asked but the difficulties that come with having guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl? Because I guess as a coach, when you are gifted with maybe two of the best players on the planet, if not the two best players on the planet, there's a heightened sense of expectations in terms of getting results and winning games. Well, well, a really good question, because I see a lot of similarities uh, with our young group here. Um, they were both very, still very young in, the, in their career uh, with Edmonton at that time. And obviously playing in a Canadian market, it just magnified 10 times of expectations, especially when you got two players that are dynamic as they were. But we still couldn't, uh, we didn't forget the fact that they're still pretty, they're really young in their career and they're still develop, developing as far as how to be leaders and, and certain areas, how to play the game offensively. Those guys were off the charts, uh, but there was other areas of the game they needed to really work on to become complete players. And now you see that on both sides of both of those guys. Um, you know, they're two of the best players, not only offensively, but also they're really conscientious how they play in their own end. And, um, you know, similarities with our group here, obviously I'm not comparing any of our kids to, to McDavid or Dreisaitl, but we've got a really good uh, young core of, of players here who do have some, uh, you know, outstanding offensive instincts. And, uh, you know, it's our job to uh, not, uh, you know, take that away from our kids, allow them to still have that freedom to try things and stuff like that, but still on the same side, try to teach them, uh, you know, the most important part also too, is that you're going to have to defend uh, at, at this level. 
level and especially if you want to get to that next level here so it's uh that, that was some of the challenges but you know once you saw what how those guys how they took off once they they're able to uh, learn play at both ends of the ice do you talk to your players about like you know when i was in edmonton and connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl were there they did this sort of thing I'm, I'm actually quite curious about what connor mcdavid's personality is like behind the scenes because we get a little bit of dreisaitl personality and we can see that he's a little bit grumpy sometimes but mcdavid is usually pretty flat in his interviews he doesn't give away too much i'm curious what he's like behind the scenes well, incredible young man, first and foremost, which is the most important, but just a quiet intensity, and you can see how he, how uh, how competitive he is when he's on the ice and how he uh, you know how successful he is and uh, there's a there's a quiet uh, in, um, a competitive intensity that this young man has, and he's it's incredible it's really incredible not only just on 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 ice during games but when he do when he practices there's everything he's done at full throttle and that's why you know he's he's, he's he is the best in the world that he does because he just he's trying to get better every single day so to answer your question about as far as our players are concerned um yeah i'll say every once in a while use something that from my experience but i don't always uh you know as a coach it gets tired on the players when you tell them every day as well when i was in edmonton i did this or when i was in america <laughs> this is what we did you try to pick and choose some of the examples you want to use and not more uh from myself but more of a a generalization of, of, you know, for instance, what it does take to get to the next level, um, um, what, you know, maybe the NHL teams are looking for or not what they are, what they are looking for. Um, you know, th- you know, all these type of things we try to, you know, lay it out on for the kids and help them of, of this is what you need to do and really work on if you want to have the chance to get to the next level here. But the last thing I want to do is uh, hear about this old guy's uh, uh, past experiences in different leagues. <laughs> Uh, Manny, this was yeah. No, we do like hearing about yeah, it. It's yeah. good. It's good. Can time. you can, can you be more like McDavid on your next shift? <laughs> yeah. that would help the team out a lot. Uh, the next opportunity to see the Vancouver Giants. Let's run through it real quick. Friday night at the Langley Event Center, seven o'clock against Victoria. The rematch is at the Save on Foods Memorial Arena in Victoria on Saturday, and then Sunday. So three games and three nights back at the LEC. Greg, is that the one you're working? That'll be Correct. The, that will be the Giants and the Kamloops Blazers visiting. So Manny, best of luck this weekend. It should be busy. Thanks a lot for doing this today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Manny. Uh, thank you. That's Manny Viveros, the head coach of the Vancouver Giants here in the Alfred and Brush Show on Sports. I like Saturday. chatting with him. He's, he's good. A, he's a good guy. Yeah. Longtime cool. hockey guy. A lot of stories yeah. with that man right oh, there. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, all the places that he's played, all the places that he's coached. Good stories. Should we do some what we learned here? I think so. So here, let's just do a quick reset while you guys get all yours ready. I don't mm-hmm. know who has them. We're going to I've got one. So I can we're, start. We're going to do a little improv here on the Halford and Bruff Show. Uh, we are doing a ticket giveaway in the back half of this hour. So beginning at 830, we will start to read and eventually announce the winner for a pair of tickets to see the Rangers and the Canucks on Saturday, 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena. If you want to win the pair of tickets, text into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Hashtag it WWL. Tell us what you learned over the last 24 hours in sports. And here's the important part. Put a ticket emoji into your text. If you do that, you could win a pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Rangers Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena. Who wants to start? I'll start. I'm I'm going to choose Jason. Sorry, Greg. Uh, I learned that there are still three undefeated teams in the NHL. The Vegas Golden Knights improved to 7-0 
with a 3-2 win over Philadelphia last night. Boston is 6-0. Colorado is 6-0. And it's interesting because maybe you wondered a little bit about Vegas. Any team that wins the Stanley Cup, you wonder about a a bit of a Stanley Cup hangover and whether or not they're going to be super excited to start the regular season as well as they finish the playoffs. Oh, they, well, they're very excited to start. Man, they that is the one thing I find about watching Vegas. They always seem to have an enthusiasm for the game, mm-hmm. and it probably helps because they're good. It's easier to be enthusiastic when you're good. But the Boston Bruins, I didn't see this coming. I thought they'd have some early struggles without Bergeron and Krejci. They are 6-0. and And Colorado, perhaps we should talk a little bit more about Colorado, 6-0, and and I guess so far so good with Ryan Johansson as the second line center behind Nathan McKinnon. How about the fact that they've won 15 consecutive road games dating back to last year? That's the NHL record. They said it last night. I did not know that. Yeah, 7-4 win uh, at, against the Islanders at UBS Arena. Mm-hmm. Yes, Greg? I have a note about the Bruins. Yes. You see their schedule to start the year? No. Blackhawks, Predators, Sharks, Kings, Ducks, Blackhawks again, yeah. Ducks again. So they feast not the exactly the, the right. gauntlet yeah. to start the season. So, so they at, haven't really been tested yet. Well, I looked at who scored last night for Boston, and I'm like, Pavel Zaka, okay, he's got a bit of an elevated role, so he's probably going to get a little bit more ice time and some chances to score. Matthew Poitras, no idea who he is. Potras. That's how they pronounce it. Really? In Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I didn't even know how to pronounce so his he's, last name. So he's their 2C? Potras? Yeah, I, think I don't even. Is. I don't even know yeah, if he's yeah. a forward. So. The lines I've got right now, their second line is Jake DeBrusque, who slept through a meeting or was late for a meeting yep, the other day right. and got scratched. Yep. Uh, Potras as the 2C and Morgan Geeky. Yeah, Trent on Frederick the right also side. scored last night. So I don't know if this is sustainable, mm-hmm. but this is what Boston did last year. Does Charlie McAvoy get enough love in the league for being so that's a good a point. solid defenseman that's because a good point. he is he's just all around really good that's a good point because when we were talking about the potential demise or downfall of the Bruins uh some people would push back with yeah but they still have McAvoy and Lindholm mm-hmm. on defense and you're going to be pretty good if you have those guys if you have two pairs yeah and they do so they and I mean again they've probably feasted on a very weak schedule the Pacific Division by the way speaking of the weak schedule is the worst division in hockey and it's not not even particularly close. The Canucks exist in the worst division, folks. This is great. This is really good news. Yes, Larry. Uh, the uh, the Bruins as well. Very good goaltending to start the year. Of the thirty nine goalies who have played three games this year or more, Swayman and Olmark are one and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Swayman so it doesn't get much better uh, than that. He got his first shutout last night, right? In that three. <laughs> By the way, they didn't really have a shutout. That goal that got wiped out was kind of cheese. So close to the line. And did you see what uh, Connor Bedard did when he scored? The goal was eventually disallowed. No. He whipped out the Patty Kane celly. Oh. The, the twirl and, the, and he did that. And then I'm, and I'm then doing this on camera. Did he have to do it in reverse then? Yeah, he had to unwind it. Get <laughs> <laughs> it on the bench. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that, like, if <laughs> you're the Edmonton Oilers, listen, it's a long season and this the Oilers start might be a distant memory in a couple of months, but. If you're looking at the conference right now and you're, you've got this copper bust attitude in Edmonton, you're like, oh, Vegas looks good still. Yep. And Colorado, which had an off season last year just because of all the injuries that they were dealing with, looks like they're back too. Um, okay, so put a moo cow on that. I got one. Three perfect teams still. Andy. Yeah. Andy. 
I, I thought of you, Halford, because I know you like your sports documentary so much, and you probably got really excited about this. Oh, We're trying to get the director yeah. of these two on. Uh, it's, uh, it was announced yesterday by the NHL. There's a couple new documentaries, hockey documentaries, coming to Amazon Prime in Canada, uh, Prime Video in Canada, and ESPN Plus in the States. One is called uh, Chosen One, Alexander, what is it, Dag, Dag? I always forget. Alexander Dag. Dag, thank you. Uh, cho- chosen One, Dagle. Chosen One, Alexander Dag, of course, about one of the most famous busts in, in NHL history as far as first-rounders go, and uh, Saving Sack. Mm-hmm. on Burnaby Joe. So a couple pr- pretty interesting documentaries coming uh, sometime. It's a debuting in 2024, coming next year. So I, I'm i super excited about this. What's the Sackick one about? Yeah. You guys well, don't remember? What's this no, is one like, of the greatest untold stories in the yeah. NHL, the fact that you guys don't know I don't it. know this. He signed a free agent deal with the New York Rangers in 1997, and the Colorado Avalanche essentially had to have a cash call to figure out how they were going to match to pay him. Oh, it was, it was like uh, an offer sheet. They had the, um, it was the director or the executive producer of Air Force One. And that was a huge box office success. So they were able to find the money. I'm paraphrasing a lot of mm-hmm. this because I don't really want to relitigate or retell the entire story. But that was a, that was a good movie. Get off my plane. So that helped Joe Sackick <laughs> stay with the Colorado Avalanche. No one ever talks about this. And it was, it could have been one of the biggest. Uh, not just franchise-altering, but league-altering moves because Sackick then went on to have so much success as the captain of the Colorado Avalanche and win the Stanley Cup. So Harrison Ford saved Sackick and also Air Force One. Yes, that's the idea behind the entire story. What? So this, as we kind of pivot off the... I don't care about Alexander Dagg that much. I'll watch it. He was considered to be the next great one and it never materialized. Interesting character, too. Yeah, so there'll be that. But the Sackick one, well, also because Sackick's the Burnaby guy. And, like, Joe Sackick could be the mayor of Burnaby for the rest of his life if he so chose. But, anyway, what's happening here, and this has a lot to do with the NHL's constant evolution and expansion into new broadcasting markets with ESPN and TNT, and I think trying to get the game to grow and get it past being tribal. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. Colorado Avalanche fans might know the Joe Sackick to the Rangers story. Yeah. Clearly, everybody else doesn't. Yeah, I totally forgot. But they need to do more of this, and I think this is one thing they can really do a nice job of. They've done in the past. Uh, They did a great job, the E60 of the... Red Wings and Avs. Yeah, that was good. You saw it. Yeah, I thought that was, it was, I was yeah. I, That story's been told a lot, and I thought that they did maybe the best job of it. And, par, and part of it was they had the slick, glitzy production. They got to talk to everyone because mm-hmm. it was a joint venture. So everyone that you wanted to hear from was going to talk. And people said interesting things on it, too. And, and here's the thing. There's a lot of untold stories in the NHL that a national audience hasn't heard of yet. So, yeah, it's a good what we learned. I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for the Sackick one. Give us a moo cow on that. Who else? How far do you got one? Oh, Laddie's got no, one. No, Laddie does. Sorry. Uh, yeah. it's just, not sorry. I'm not apologizing ahead of yeah, time. Sorry, I'll listeners. Laddie's got another one. It's probably about say. baseball. No, it's actually hockey related. It's oh, related to the, you talk about the, what did you call it? The Canadian hockey t- players that the, play baseball. The great Canadian tire fire. <laughs> yeah. Is what you called it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's another low attendance marker for a Canadian club is what I learned. Uh, the Calgary Flames had their lowest attendance for a non-COVID season since 2005, 16,800 was the announced total. Really? Eyewitness accounts was, it was a lot less than that. The Jets also sounded like a full house when they were booing them off the yeah. ice at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. The Jets also set a new record, 11,136 uh, hey, at their game. Before everyone in Vancouver gets cocky about making fun of the Jets and the Flames for their attendance, there are still quite a few tickets available for Friday's game against the St. Louis Blues. Right. But- Early season hockey... 
I'll, can I'll, be a tough sell even in Canadian markets. I don't know, man. What's going on in Winnipeg is not normal. 11,000? They just they don't have the corporate support. And when the frenzy, when the honeymoon was over about the Jets going back. See, this is what people forget about when the Jets left. They weren't drawing well. They would have 10,000 people uh, at their games at the the old Winnipeg Arena with the picture of the Queen, mm-hmm. right? Like it wasn't it wasn't exactly like the it was this thriving market that only the only reason that the NHL left Winnipeg was because of like the Canadian dollar or someone wanting to put a team in the desert. Batman in the hated States, Canada, right? Like wow. Batman hated Canada. Like it was not working financially. These markets. These markets are small, man, and well, tickets are expensive. Here's the so uh, people what's his people name? are struggling right now financially. They're uh, worried about Paul, their finances. Is, is it Paul Friesen from the something Friesen from the Winnipeg Sun wrote an article about this, and it was a lot of anecdotal evidence speaking to ticket holders. But there was a real sense of hey. This market took all of us for granted because they thought that we'd just keep showing up because we finally got the Jets back mm-hmm. and the customer service was bad and the team's direction was bad and they weren't listening to like fan forums and things like not online or anything. It's not like they're on HF boards, but talking about what the fans feedback about the experience was and it had to go beyond you're just going to show up because the Jets are back in Winnipeg. And they said one person on Twitter that was quoted in the piece said, I was part of the ticket season ticket group for nine years. They made me think that I should be thrilled just for having tickets. Right. And that sentiment was shared by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it is a fair and valid point. Well, that happened to the Canucks. Yeah, you can't it just happened to the Canucks when the Canucks had this long waiting list for season tickets, right? Exactly. It was kind of like, you can pay this much to just get on the waiting list. And you're like, oh, really? Great. I'll do it. And then, you know, a few years later, during the Willie DeJardins, you're like, I don't want to be on the waiting list. Well, there's one texter right, like, text yeah. right here. It used to be a season ticket holder. Bottom line is I just cannot afford NHL hockey live anymore. Don't, a lot of people just don't come at us and say, I've heard people say like, you guys don't understand the real world. You don't get inflation. We get everything that's going on. Yeah. We've we work in radio. We work in radio. Yeah. <laughs> Struggling financially our you whole think, lives. You think I showed up in a helicopter this morning? <laughs> come on, man. I live in the world. We talk to our listeners. We work in sports radio so we can go to the yeah. games for free because we can't afford to go. It's called inflation, guys. That's the biggest that guy energy we've had this morning. That That makes me upset. Because I think we go What's out of banana our, cost ten dollars twenty now with inflation. <laughs> I don't know. You tell right. me. Get anyway, some Mookel on that. Uh, get you what we learns into the Dunbar Lumber Text line six fifty six fifty. Uh, be sure to include the ticket emoji if you want to be entered into the contest for tickets, free tickets to the Rangers Canucks game on Saturday. Get them in real soon because we're going to pick the winner in the next three or four minutes. You're listening to the Alfred and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. I mean, it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 
831 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hump day, am I right? Alfred Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Alfred and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. It is what we learn time. Wow. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. I love hitting that jingle. So great. Okay. uh, We need to fire up the dot matrix. Print out some humanoid submissions for what we learned. What we learned humanoid version is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them at GetFirePlan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! We're going to start with the ticket giveaway. We're giving away a pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Rangers 7 o'clock Saturday night at Rogers Arena. This was a tough one. You can tell that the team is playing well and that people are excited by the number of people trying to score free tickets. Yeah, last season Saturday. it was actually tough to give away the tickets. No one had a ticket emoji. We just faked it a couple times. <laughs> a couple of those winners did not exist. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, but today's winner does exist. Andy, are we ready to announce the winner of the pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Rangers, 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena? Yeah. Uh, congrats to Jazz from, uh, Jazz from Surrey. I did it. I knew it. You Jazz from Surrey. Yes. It's nice. I, I have a phonetic issue. Phonetics issue. It's not, it's a problem. Uh, Jazz from Surrey is the winner. It's nice to see the. <laughs> we, pra- we practiced it so many you times. You ensured that the break. You were going to. Would you like me to read it? The best. The best. The best part is I worked on it for about five minutes. You told them you were going to nail Jazz it. Jazz from Surrey. Jazz from Surrey. It's nice to see the PDG JT Miller Besser line gel. Something else that would be nice to see is me and my girlfriend gel again. I said no to going to the pumpkin patch, telling her I got something planned. In reality. I don't. Help me out here, boys. Please give me the tickets. So congrats to Jazz from Surrey. Jazz, Jazz, this conundrum you put yourself in, we got to respect it. Why do adults want to go to the pumpkin patch? I don't get it. That's purely kids, right? I think so. Yeah, I haven't been to one as an adult. Maybe they have a kid. I thought you were going to say I haven't been to one this month. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't been to one in the last 48 hours. (laughs) Um, I don't get it. Well, no, I do get it. Sorry, I know why. I've never been, so... The reason reason that adults go to the pumpkin patch is for the gram. It's to take the pictures. Oh, I see. Because let's be honest. You can't get a pumpkin patch picture anywhere other than a pumpkin patch. I take my pictures at, like, Safeway or something with a pumpkin. Like that one here. (laughs) No no, no smiling. Very serious. (laughs) And here's Jason reaching into the gigantic cardboard box. And here's him picking one one that's $4. I went a couple weeks ago with my kid. Ruff, did you carve pumpkins as a kid? Did you guys do that? Yeah, Andy, I carved pumpkins as I, a kid. I just want to check. I don't we, know. Halloween wasn't banned in my household. <laughs> it's I enjo- just frowned upon. I enjoyed it as a child. Yeah, okay. I very much enjoyed it. Have it you ever part- carved pumpkins as an adult? Yeah, I did it recently. I'm terrible at it. Yeah, I was too. like, he's got two eyes and nose and a crooked <laughs> smile. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. all I got. The you got to trace nowadays. That's the thing. You have a... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, reset. Yeah. Takes too much time. Yeah. I'll like consistently almost cut my finger off carving pumpkins. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dangerous. Um, do you? Sorry, now that we're down this road. And congrats to Jazz. Andy will follow up with you. I've already done so. Oh, look at you! Very fast. Okay, uh, let's dive in and let's do some. Let's do the loser text that didn't win but still gets to be read on the air. <laughs> Unsign what we learned. We focus too much time on the shortcomings of Hoaglander when Beauvillier has done absolutely nothing. Yeah, Beauvillier seems a little bit lost in the lineup too. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess. It's maybe more natural to focus on Hoaglander because he is 
people see him with upside. Beauvillier is not going to factor into the Canucks' future outside of this season, Beauvillier right? He's, is, an un, he's a pending unrestricted free agent, and I don't see the Canucks with their cap issues being like, we're looking to bring you back. Beauvillier is the early leader for the annual Curtain Blog Aaron Rome Least Exciting Player of the Year Award. We started he had a couple minute, moments yesterday. But he he's out there doing nothing. Mm, he has no points, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know how many points he has. No, he has no points. He has no points? He has okay. zero points. Right. You have no point. You have no points. Um, last year's winner was Jack Stadnika, and he was the guy where you look at how many games that he's played, and you're like, yeah, wow. Did not think it was that many. Yeah. So that's how he won the award last year. Bovilli is well on his way. It's another, a nice award. Another unsigned what we learned, I learned Pod Colson is not hanging his head low in the AHL. He is taking advantage of his ice time and playing hard. Head down rush to the net last night. And five goals in five games for him. Really for hoping him. next year he can make an impact for the Canucks. Who knows, right? You never know. The Canucks might run into injury issues. And you want those guys down there um, pushing to get in, right? Not just saying, like, well, you should bring me up because it was a first-round draft pick. Nils Amon had a great game the other day. He had a hat trick. Unfortunately, he got hurt blocking a shot. But yep. he's got four goals down in Abbotsford. Uh, Christian Wallana and I looked at the stats the other day. He's got eight assists in five games. I don't know if they're going to bring Wallana up, but well, he's, it's good to have that does, right? push. Um, we need a Abbotsford, and we need a new Abbotsford guy. I forgot about this. You got dogs. That's your job. You got to find a new Abbotsford guy because we're just getting all this stuff. We're just looking at the internet. Basically, we're going. Hey, look, this guy's doing well in Abbotsford. That guy's doing well in Abbotsford. But right now, yeah, because we can't have Faber on for business reasons. Yeah, I could just reread my report on Tolapilo from before the season. That's not know. even close to what I'm asking. A good name. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't want close. that. I don't want that at all. But, yeah, uh, I'm trying to pigeon. <laughs> trying to get my work into the show. Somehow. That's true. Actually, I who do wants respect to that. among our listeners who wants to be our Abbotsford guy? Do you want to be the Abbotsford guy? Yeah. Do you go to the games? All you gotta do is go to the games and wear a funny outfit. Well, one of the one of the Canucks Army guys, uh, he's a listener as well. Cody Cody Severston, Severson. I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing mispronouncing his last <laughs> you're, name. You're knocking it out of the park this morning yeah, with the our name, beloved Zandy. listener. Yeah, who's the last <laughs> who we name cannot I pronounce. But uh, yeah, no, he's he he watches a lot of the games. There there, there are reporters that do cover. Yes, the Abbey games. what I'm saying is we must find one. Yes, Tambo yes. Innes fan. What we learned, I've learned two things. Halford and Bruff is so much better to listen to when the Canucks are playing well. And number two, the Canucks play so far this season has done something to me that hasn't happened in years. Uh oh. They're making me look forward to the next game. Oh, I thought you were going to say give you gas. That's way better. Yeah, no, it's... I, I you know what they're making me do? What? Actually cheer on my couch, as opposed to watching the games with, like, a smirk, mm-hmm. which is what I did the last two years. Yeah. I just, like, smirk, and I had this laugh that I, when they would, like, have a terrible, terrible play or whatever, you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, your yeah, that was my reaction to watching the Canucks now. You know, last night I'm like, all right, boys, let's get off this penalty. Let's go and block shots. You know, it's, you it's, know it's encouraging. Doing? You want to know what I've been doing more so? Drinking. Yeah. No, there's also <laughs> <laughs> um, out-of-town scoreboard watching. Yeah, it's I would fun. never, ever do out-of-town scoreboard watching in October. But I am so invested in this team making the playoffs, and I'm monitoring the playoff bar on a nightly basis now. Uh, Troy, Uh-oh. the retired bread guy, what we learned, this is the first World Series played between teams named from states and not cities. And you know what? That's the most interesting thing about the World Series. I didn't even think about that. By the way, on the note in the subject of the World Series, I got one flagged here from 5.59 this morning. Because he missed the Hawaii-Arkansas World Series from a few years back. <laughs> 
<laughs> or as Andy calls it, Arkansas. <laughs> I believe it's Arkansas, guys. <laughs> Dylan, the well, what, what would the other options be? Like Colorado would be in there, yeah. Florida. Oh, no, it's Miami It's now. Miami now. It's not yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah. We'd have to go back and check that one. I can't do that one off the top of my head. What mm. I can do is say that Dylan the Plebe. Minnesota. Stop. Right. Dylan the Plebe wrote in a minute before the show started and said, hashtag WWO, what we learned. Laddie, with the amazing call on the D-backs all the way back to the first round, said that they were going to go all the way. Very nice. And Sweet. I want him to do more picks. Do you remember saying that? Do you that? remember no, saying that? I don't remember I don't saying that. I think you might have said it potentially tongue-in-cheek when we were running through the list of playoff teams and we're like, also the Arizona Diamondbacks are involved. I might, maybe I said don't rule them out. I could maybe well, take that angle. I can see. You took the, they won the Varsho trade, therefore they're probably going to win. I think that's where you went with it. <laughs> maybe. As, as my pessimistic Jays fan hat was on. Anyway, yeah. so good on you. You need to do more. Who's going to win the World Series? Quickly. Three, Arizona. two, one. Okay, good. Texas. Second championship. <laughs> Texas. It's Laddie's pick. Sad club. They're, they're leaving the sad it. club. Arizona is so much less interesting because they won that one World Series. When they beat the Yankees right after 9-11, and it was like the only time everyone in the sports world was behind the Yankees. We can say and this then, out loud now, right? And then, like, like, the 9-11 had us all cheering for the, the, the Yankees. Yeah, and then the Diamondbacks were like, we're going to ruin that. Yeah. That's the first World Series I remember actually watching. Yeah, I do remember that, really? actually. Yeah. God, you're younger 10. than me. Gary Garrison, what we learned, none of the prognosticators are willing to admit that with a back end that continues to be as porous as Swiss cheese, the Oilers aren't even playoff material, much less cup contenders. They will not bounce back. Looking forward to the late season game when the Canucks lock up their playoff spot and knock the Oilers out. They're not missing. Yeah, I don't They're not missing. I'd love to, I I mean, actually, you know what? I like seeing McDavid in the playoffs. I guess I would like to see it, though. I'm not going to stake my career on it and say I'd retire if the, I need this job. I mean, teams, teams, good teams have, good teams have, Missed before, you know, the LA Kings won the Stanley Cup and missed the very next year. Here's what'll right? here's what here's what'll happen. Things will get so bad that they're forced to fire Jay Woodcroft. And then they'll bring in Bruce Boudreaux and he'll lead them all the way back on a stirring second half run. If they fire their coach again, let's go back to two thousand and nine, which isn't too long ago. Yep. You go from Craig McTavish to Pat Quinn to Tom Rennie to Ralph Kruger to Dallas Akins back to Craig McTavish, mm-hmm. Todd Nelson, Todd yep. McClellan, yep. Uh, Ken Hitchcock, Dave Tippett, Jay Woodcroft. That's there was all that, the coaches they've had. There was that stat the first four years of Ryan Nugent Hopkins' career. He had four different head coaches. They, yeah, they need some stability there. Like I, I think They've Woodcroft, had multiple Todds in charge. Too many Todds. Yeah, you plus a Tom. And <laughs> All these things are accurate and true. I again, I know I threw out the hot take earlier that I think not a Ralph and a Ralph. I think uh, Woodcroft's probably going to be the first coach fired. I, I bumped him ahead of DJ Smith. So the, the is it a three horse race right now? Um, although we haven't heard much about Craig Berube, I'm just including him in there because he's my prediction. He was Craig on Berube, a lot of lists. So um, DJ Smith, and a lot of that has to do with the ownership change too, right? Right now, it's, but then also. Um, but Jay Woodcroft has got to be near the top of the list now. It's Berube, Smith, and Woodcroft, I would say. I'll, who, I'll, who would you bring in? That'd be funny. Bruce, Babcock. Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux. I don't think Babcock's getting under the kick. <laughs> this time. <laughs> uh, I would also um, just keep an eye. Keep an eye on um, Florida if they fall way out. That's one. But there's not a lot of, like, really. Florida? No. 
if they fall out. No, there's, but there's no reason. Really, no. If they no, fall way out. Come on, man. Because they're, they, no they're, de- they're missing two defensemen. No and it, so if they, if, Yeah. Yeah. They just made uh, the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Stoller's had a really good game for I'm them. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. A guy with a history of burnout, a guy that's left when things aren't going that great, that team could crater because they're missing two of their star defensemen for a better part of the season. And I'm just going to say that you have a history of making terrible predictions. Well, I make a lot of them. The right. key is to make a lot of them. Now, here, just want to put a bookend on this. One thing. of them's got to be right. Right. <laughs> you throw out enough stuff. Are any of the really... It's like a million monkeys working on a book. <laughs> Eventually, you'll get it right. Uh, the blurst of times. Are there... The stupid monkey. Are there any bad, bad teams that ah! would consider making a change? Bad, bad teams that like we consider Santa, making okay, a change. Okay, by bad, bad teams, I mean San Jose, San Jose Anaheim. No, I think they were like they're just like keep doing a great job. I, yeah, like I feel I David Quinn came on the show in the summer. He was a great guy. Yeah, and he knew what he was about to face this mm. season. I mean, he, he kind of chuckled. Sean in New Westminster, what we learned: too many teams make the Major League Baseball playoffs, rendering the long regular season less important than it should be. I mean, that is what happens when you open up the playoff field. Right, you get the potential for these runs like Arizona's on. Yeah, baseball in the playoffs really does become a lot about momentum, right? I mean, we can we've seen that. Mm-hmm. The D-backs got caught. They went on a run. So too did the team they're playing in the World Series, the Texas Rangers. And yeah, they punched their ticket with eighty something win seasons. So they were good, not great, but old school baseball. If you didn't grind it out and get to hundred plus wins. Over the 162-game regular season, you didn't get a chance to play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you earned that spot in in the postseason. Jay in the Ridge, what we learned. I learned that the NHL once again proved their ineptitude. Schedule their inaugural Frozen Frenzy on a Tuesday night in the heart of the Major League Baseball players and opening night of the NBA. I'm sure the targeted casual fan was lo- was loving their hockey experience last night. Laddie was complaining about this. Yeah, you were complaining well, about this yesterday. Well, we haven't talked much about the NBA um, just because we've been talking a lot about hockey. But I think that's a really good point because down in the States, yeah, they've been talking a lot about the NBA. Well, and it was also like a rematch of the Western Conference Final between the Lakers and Nuggets. And the Nuggets hoisted their banner and got their rings. And then they followed it up with a like another marquee game, right? I mean, it was a, it was Phoenix and Golden State, which are two teams that are going to get a lot of eyeballs. And I, you know what? I was really excited about the Frozen Frenzy. I didn't get to see the ESPN production. I only kind of heard about it um, after the mm. fact, like how it was received. People were excited about it. It'd be nice. But if why we were got you? Ex- why were you excited about it? Like my experience being they in were Canada, trying something. Okay. New. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wouldn't say I was excited for something I couldn't experience. My experience watching hockey was the same as it was. Every night. But maybe they'll you know, try it up here next round. I would love cool. for Sportsnet to try something like that. That'd be awesome. Uh, Chris and Langley, what we learned, the Frozen Frenzy last night is exactly why the NHL is second tier to the other pro North American leagues. A Tuesday in October against baseball playoffs and NBA opening night. But you can't expect more from a league banning colored stick tape. Okay, look. I, I get that maybe the ex- And now unbanning. The, yeah, now, yeah, now it's reversed it. Yeah, yeah. Reverse that. They're flipping and they're they're flopping. Like, you, you, guys, you can put rainbow tape on your stick now. Well, they probably realized once Travis Dermott did that, they're like, how could we, we can't find this guy. Like, that would be a baddies? PR disaster. <laughs> you're, sus- you're suspended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Dermott. Just really lead into it. You beat us, Dermot. Damn you. Yeah, right. but really, that like, was, that's that the it. only option for them at that point, right? They just got to reverse it. Okay, back to the um, Frozen Frenzy. You can poke holes in the execution of it, for sure. 
Was it great that they did it on a Tuesday night? No. Was it great that they went up against the opening of the NBA season? Probably not. But, folks, there's an idea here. There's something new. When this league does something somewhat innovative or something new, at the very least, you have to encourage them to keep going in that Mm -hmm. direction. Try new things. Try different things. Don't do things the way they've always been done. Like, I would like to see this done again. Have another night where everybody plays and you try and do a whip around thing. I think it was just people were like, great idea, terrible planning and execution. Sure, but try it again. Right, yeah. it's the first shot at it. Like I'm trying to be, we're very positive and optimistic right now. This Obviously. is what happens when the Canucks get off to a four and two start to the season. So in this regard, I'm like, yeah, try again, try better, do better. Uh, Liam in Calgary, what we learned? I learned that Lekaramaki is having having a hell of a start in the SHL. Currently on pace for the SHL goal record set by Kent Nielsen, the record Pedersen couldn't beat. It is so good to see Lekaramaki finding his confidence. Um, and you know, I don't watch a lot of SHL, so I can't speak. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, we need an SHL guy too. (laughs) No, oh my god. (laughs) But you know what's going to be actually interesting is to watch Team Sweden at the World Juniors, sure. Because the World Juniors, if I'm not mistaken, is in Sweden this year. They could have Lecker Mackey playing for them. They could have Tom Willander playing for them, and they could have uh, DPD Ilias Pettersson, the defenseman, playing for them. So Canucks as fans well. are Team Sweden this this time around, is what you're saying. Sometimes happens like that. It does. It's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine uh, with that. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's in Sweden. It's in Gothenburg. Yeah. yeah cool. And Goth- I don't Gotham. I mean, yeah, it's in Gotham. Yeah. Oh, cool. Swedish Batman that was, was going to be there. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. No robbing the bank. Yeah, he's a lot more peaceful than the North American Batman. <laughs> he's like, let's just all this work, work this well, out I together. Let's get in a room. Is that all? Is that your Swedish? I don't know. Is that what you're doing there? <laughs> I think it's getting a battalion there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of, someone had a PDG text. I Surrey Ryan, and I don't have it in front of me, but he managed to put in the asterisks inarticulate Italian noises. So he's yeah. like, hey, like I, we shouldn't do that. Sure. <laughs> no, you, you can't. What? No. No, it's encouraged. It's not encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> Much like your Swedish accent isn't encouraged. Word I'm watching, I, I, there's a new uh, John Gotti uh, documentary on Netflix, and I watched the first episode, and they had the wiretaps of, like, they called it, like, the Fish and Hunt Club. And I was like, there's not a lot of fishing or hunting going on in this club. <laughs> is this a front? Yeah, so, yeah, this, yeah, Fish and <laughs> Hunt Club. Yeah. <laughs> fish and Hunt Club. <laughs> is this a front? So they, they, had the, uh, they had the wiretaps of Gotti talking, and a lot of it was, like, forget about it. Like, yeah. it was just, like, it was it was very up to for the stereotype. I mean, it, it, these, th- these, th- these things come for a reason. Sorry, Lighty, what did you say there? Hey, I have a late what we learned. I want oh. to add to the mix here if you okay. guys are running out of steam. No, no, no. We're what just are you talking about? We're talking about the mob. Yeah. We're running out of steam, it no, sounds no, like. Go ahead, what are you implying, laddie? <laughs> uh, there's a video that's going around, going a little bit viral right now. I only play part of it, but a, a Phillies fan, a, a, a guy who creates content, went out and got a microphone in front of faces of Phillies fans okay. as they were leaving the stadium last night after the game. And uh, just listen, it went about as well as you expected. We had home for two games, two games, and you let them come here and beat us? Philly fans, we always stink. Disappointment. Man, that was just straight garbage. This sucks. Feeling like I want to go lay in traffic. It goes on like that for about four minutes. Uh, (laughs) I like Philly tried to be positive for like two weeks, and they're like, no, we can't do it. Yeah. They've lost some tough games in the last little while. I mean, they had the Eagles losing in the Super Bowl. That was a tough one. They had that bad Sixers loss to the Celtics in the NBA playoffs. And now, you know, this this 
this loss was right up there with the with the Sixers loss, probably more so because everyone was so like jovial and happy, and everyone was like, maybe Philly sports fans have changed, and now they're like, Philly suck. I still cannot believe that that was the first game seven in the history of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, and it blows my mind. And it broke them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be curious. Game sevens have a way to do that to a fan base. I've noticed. Elaborate, please. No, <laughs> nah, no we're thanks. good. We've done it enough. Um, we've got a few texts coming in now on the frozen frenzy, and I'm I, I'm just gonna re- I'm just gonna rehash this again. I'm I'm surprised that so many people are either anti this or push back on this. Like for me, it just seemed like a total no brainer. It's a it's a, a bevy of hockey. Every team's playing. Like we came in, the, I came in this morning and I was like, last night was great. We got caught. I mean, from a personal. But there have been other days where you know, does it make a difference if there's twelve games versus sixteen? Not really. I just to me. think I just think that it's you're you've got something for every single market to chew on, the, like that night and the morning after, and mm-hmm. the just the the sheer volume of things that I wanted to get into today from around the league because I was doing this. I was. But how would it have changed it. if there were like thirteen games? Because I knew of it going in, I guess. Like yeah. I knew yesterday morning that this was a big, important night for the league, and that there was going to be content across the board. Well, the problem is a lot of people texting in right now were watching on Canadian TV, and yeah. their experience probably didn't change much. Yeah, like it was different because start times were different, so maybe it was a little easier to if you have the Sportsnet Plus app to flip over to other games and you know they're still going to be in action, like you're not going to get all the intermissions lined up at the same time. But most of the time, not all the intermissions are lined up at the same time, so you can usually flip to a game. But I don't know. For me, I was kind of like... like I. I watched the baseball game until it was over, and I was watching the Canucks game at the same time, and then at the end of it, I flipped over to the Flames game. It wasn't really any different than it would have been for a typical night of sports watching. Okay, uh, that means... But I'm glad that you were excited about it. I like things. I like sports, and I like hockey. Okay, there's uh, music playing, which means we got to say goodbye. Congrats to Jazz. You got tickets. We're giving away tickets tomorrow or Friday to the Halloween game, which Andy will not be able to attend because he'll be busy trick-or-treating. But this is true. We're still going to be giving away tickets this week, so please listen to the show. For now, though, we got to go. Signing off. I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Halford Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.